And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast. It is currently Thursday night at quarter after 9, so 9.15 p.m. Um, we decided we weren't going to announce, we didn't announce that we were doing a recording tonight. It was kind of a, literally a last minute thing, but we know what we're going to talk about on this episode, so um, we're not going to get into... Uh, some news we found out today, you know, doubles up defenders, top six forward, third liner, uh, a lot of talk. Really loves Yaroslav Askarov, and the Devils are willing to trade up from using their 18th and 20th overall and their, you know, third round pick at 84 to move up to get Askarov. But that's another discussion for probably our next episode. So this one's just a little fun. You know what? I don't usually allow, I don't usually like to swear on podcasts unless I get really going on the top. But this one, I feel like includes some swearing from Jersey Joe and myself. <laughs> I, just yeah. already, I just already know this. And you know I mean, what? If we, had a, if we had a done this podcast, Joe, maybe seven or eight years ago, then maybe... It might have been different things, but I mean, this is rant is probably way. But we're just, you know, if you don't like it and you don't want to listen to our podcast anymore after this, you know what? We understand, but you know what? This it's not so much the epi- It's not so much the podcast. It's the it's the episode that some people might be turned off on. But hey. I mean, there are other episodes that we've launched on here, so you'll enjoy those too. Yeah. So, you know, without further ado, I guess, um, this episode is going to be dedicated. I'm not really going to do David Clarkson because, you know, I was I was upset when he left, but not I didn't have the level of uh, frustration that I had I when he honestly have respect left, for the so. guy. Joe, oh, who, who, uh, who do you want to start with? Because we got two two big names here who are big Ilya, in New Jersey. So who do you want to start we with? Could, we could start you with start with Parise? one of the guys who was a linchpin of it, Zach Parise. Oh my God! You know what? Yeah, let's start with Parise. Let's 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 say I will say this. Let's start with I Parise. mean, I remember Rich Shear during the playoffs came out with an article in 2012. Anyone who finds that article. Please send it to us. I'll, I'll, we'll bring this up later on. But Zach Parise and his father were talking about like a contract with Minnesota at the time, and the Devils were in the middle of like playing Florida. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? Can't we just have playoff hockey? I mean, you don't do that. It's just not fair. Yeah, I mean, so, so let you know, let's, I guess let's start it off. So, you know, Zach Parise, 
even even still, this is this is a hard topic for me to discuss because, like, I fell in like you know we we you and I have learned Joe besides you know besides Hughes and besides Heisher that you know we don't you and I have been disappointed. I've been disappointed, you know, with players not resigning with the Devils going back. I think when it first all started for me was when Scott Niedermeyer left for Anaheim. Um, I don't remember what I was doing that day. But I just remember, I remember reading, or no, I seen it on the bottom screen. <coughs> Currently at the time, uh, the score was excellent for free agency at the time. So they had a little ticker at the bottom of Steve Coolius. I think it was still working for them. I don't know if he had moved on to TSN yet. And it was just after the lockout. And I just, I just remember, I looked at the bottom of the screen. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Devils and Scott Niedermeyer, you know. They just come off. They won the Cup a couple of years ago. They just lost to Philly in the first round. Um, he had signed a two-year deal, but the lockout wiped out, you know, last year in Niedermeyer's contract at the time. And I just remember seeing at the bottom, Scott Niedermeyer signs with the Anaheim Ducks. And I was just like, nah. Like, come on. Like, you know, this can't be real. Like, this isn't happening. The franchise defenseman is not leaving. It's not going to happen. And little did we know. But then I realized, I, and little, but yeah, but little did we know that in 2003, I mean, I don't know if a lot of Devils fans knew this, but Lou Lamorello tried so hard. Lou Lamorello knew that Niedermeyer's contract was due in a couple years, that he tried to acquire Rob Niedermeyer from Anaheim. Because he knew that if we got robbed, then Scott would have stayed. And then, you know, as the years went by with Niedermeyer, like, I was devastated when Scott Niedermeyer left. Like, that was, you know, besides Stevens, that was one of my favorite defensemen to watch. Like, just, he was so effortlessly for what he did with the puck, skating, everything. You don't see that nowadays. As good as, you know, the Carlsons and, like, you know, Hedmans and all those guys are. Nobody. Yeah. But yeah, I I would say that I would be very upset. Like, how in the effing way would you let this guy go? Should have gone for his brother. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, you don't you don't know what could have happened. And then, you know, Brian Rafalski. I was big. I have a Brian Rafalski customized Devils T-shirt. That's how much <laughs> I like Brian Rafalski. Um, and then he left, he left, he left Detroit. And then that one was like, all right, well, I guess Paul Martin and Andy Green it is then, I guess. Johnny Oduya now. Yeah. But, it's like, how in the fucking anyway, way? Going back, going back. I said, how in, how in the effing ways, you know, a guy like Rafalski just leaves without, you know, the Devils getting some other guys in a trade, you know, to replace him, you know, it's just, I just wish Lou was a little faster to react on it. Yeah, Lou's, Lou's problem was he would always leave things to like a week or two before and then it would never get done. And you know what? It bit him, and it bit him in the fucking ass. It bit Lou Lamorello in the fucking ass. He absolutely fucked up. Like, I'm, okay, like, it just, any, anybody that's finally going to be like, you know, listening, this is the, like the one episode we're talking about here. Unless somebody gets traded in the offseason that we didn't think was going to get traded. 
But this is the one episode Joe and I have given permission. We are going to say fuck on this episode. F U C K. Or or whatever that's clean that's clean and kosher cursing. Whatever. But yes. honestly, we talk about Parise, right? Um Yeah, like Parise was drafted by what? The uh, New Jersey Devils what, in that traded, draft. We tra- oh three. And we traded up, if I remember correctly. We were sitting in like the thirties to twenties and we traded all the way up to seventeen to pick him. Um, so, which was good. I mean, one of the picks we have was um, um, was Parise, right? But we had so many players we could have picked from then. Obviously, it worked out. You know, he was a good devil. He could have been better. Pick of the, one of the picks of the litter. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? He had a great career with New Jersey. And it goes to the same thing, you know, when we get into Kovalchuk. Was... Yeah, I mean. Could have had their could have, should have, and could have, and I probably would have, Parise anyway, would have had their number <coughs> retired by the Devils. Hands down. There's no arguing that they would have had their number retired. Absolutely would have. So Parise was putting up, you know, yeah, so Parise was putting up 30 goals. Um, he had 40 at five, I think, the one year. He had a great year. I think it was 09. And then he had like 94 points. Uh, he was in the MVP conversation. He had a monster year because he was playing with Zajac and Langenberg, which was arguably one of the best first lines in the NHL at the time. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, like the Devils kept losing in the first round and it was nonstop. First round, first round. Okay, like this is getting out of hand here. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got hurt that one year when McLean was coaching, he didn't play again all season. And when he did come back, he wasn't the same. And then all of a sudden, it was like talked about, you know, the only way the Devils are going to have a chance to resign Zach Parise is if they go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Win or lose, they're going to have a shot. They had their shot all right. And, you know, they had their shot. And you know what? I'll let you go into this in a couple minutes in a sec because I'm gonna, I'm going to go on a rant here like right after you're done about Parise. But the Devils went to the finals. Zach Parise, I remember he was interviewed on After Hours. Minnesota, I think, it was playing Calgary, Edmonton, it may have been Vancouver. I know it was one of those three. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, Scott Oker, one of the guys on After Hours, asked Zach Parise, who did it come down to for you to sign with? And, you know, there was a lot of rumors at the time that Pittsburgh was making a run at him and the Rangers were, but he came out and he said, I wasn't going to the Rangers. I wouldn't do that to the Devils. So, you know what? I applaud him for that part. I respect you for that part. But he came out and he said, I went home to Minnesota the Devils were the only other team that was in the running in the final two. But Ryan Suter and I had talked about teaming up, and I tried to convince him to go to New Jersey, and he wouldn't. So he, he wanted to stay at West, so I decided to go home to Minnesota. But then after, later on, it came out that Zach Parise's dad, JP, was really sick. Obviously, JP uh, passed away there a few years back, and, you know, it's just still sad. And 
that once he passed away, I kind of, I guess I kind of lived with it. I, I guess it didn't bother me as much, Joe, because he went home to be with his dad, right? Like his dad was right. sick and he was dying, right? So I guess I, I understood it more so then. But as a fan, I remember the day he signed to Minnesota because I think, if I remember correctly, the second, yeah, July second, that that summer. I was at a Scorpions concert in Toronto. So I'm at a concert. You're probably checking your phone. Rocking out, rocking out. Checking my phone on Twitter before the concert starts. And then after I put my phone away, you know, a couple days go by. All right, we're kind of at the 4th of July here going on the 5th. You know, Parise still hasn't made a decision yet. Like, are the Devils, is he he actually considering coming back to the Devils? And I remember I was outside at work. I was torching steel. My father come out and showed me his phone. He said, come here. I said, what? What's up? He's like, Parise, Zach Parise just signed with Minnesota. I'm like, okay, what is this, hockey buzz? Like, who said it? He's like, no, it's it's true. Darren Drager, Bob McKenzie, 13 years, 98 million. And I just remember I dropped my head and I was like, no. Like, my guy just left. Oh, boy. After just going to the finals. So, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't let it go for a while. It's still, it still sort of bothers me to this day when I see these guys in a different uniform. Because I was thinking, man, like, we had what we could have had there for about a three to five year stretch six years maybe would have been a contending Stanley Cup team even even if you think about it going back when we acquired Schneider in 2013 we could have ran with him with that team a young number one goaltender elite goalie at the time he's not anymore but at the time and we could we might have been able to make some damage and we could have got a couple more years out of Marty Brodeur even but I'm going to let you go ahead here on Parise for a sec because I'm going to rant on him in about 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. So, so let me put it this way. I was in Cape Cod back in the day. It was in the beginning of my Twitter days, and I started to follow the Darren Dragers and the Bob McKenzie's like you followed. And I saw that one tweet update through those insiders and I was like oh my god this is the beginning of an of our team's era's success and window and I'm like this bleeping sucks like I just saw this guy in his last home last his last you can, you can, home game you can swear I saw him score against the LA Kings in 2012 and I'm thinking there I think it's 2013 I'm like, I just still can't believe this. This is not happening. And I just knew, like, the sands of time on Lou Lamorello's era was just ticking down. And I just couldn't believe – I just – I was in such disbelief. I didn't know how I would curse or anything like that. I just – I was like, my brother-in-law now um, on my dad's side said – so you guys lost Parise? I said, 
yep, this really sucks. Absolutely sucks. And I just can't believe, like, things were starting to fall. And just like another player we're going to talk about later, just absolutely was, like, the last of the linchpins before, you know, everything else came apart. It just – I just really couldn't handle – losing Zach Breeze because I always loved watching him. I thought he would be Patrick Eliash's records. I thought he would be Johnny McClain's records if he had stayed. And I think we would have gotten a couple of playoff runs after and maybe a Stanley cup, who knows, but I don't hate Parise. I just hate that. The fact that he went to Minnesota and just still, it, it burns me to this day. It stinks. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think there's – I mean, I guess we shouldn't really call this a Parise Kovalchuk rant, I guess, because it's, it's a lot. It's the airing of grievances. We, Yeah, it's the airing of grievances, but can we really – can we really rant no. about Zach Parise, though? Like, honestly, I don't, think I, I don't think I can rant about him. I don't really have anything to I basically about took him. it up. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't – I don't think I need to rant about him. Maybe years ago I could rant about him. So, I mean, I guess, you know what? No sense ranting on Zach. Brees. He was a heart and soul just, player. You know, he was he was a heart and soul player. Now, on to the next guy. <laughs> I got to take a couple seconds here before <laughs> I uh, dive into this one because this one still pisses. This one still pisses. Oh, I bet it's pretty off. bad. Ilya, Ilya Valeryevich, the schmuck Kovalchuk. That, yeah. So, you want if if anybody, and it's funny because we started this just around the seven. Yeah, it, so it is time. perfect timing because that was his number. If we get up to seventy-one minutes, that will be his Russian number. The Valery Harlamov number, but we're not going to go that far. <coughs> no. And we're going to keep this podcast, you know, like a 35 to 40 minute one tops. Cause I don't, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to spend some time with the wife before I, uh, yeah. you know, get ready to go for, to bed and yeah, finish watching for, Thursday night football. But anyway, anyway, going on to Kovalchuk, <laughs> uh, Joe, I think the best before I start, all I'm going to say is I still, when I take him back right now, on a rebuilding team. Third line. Yeah, I would. For his skill. For for, for the power play. I, I mean, like, I hate the fact that he was invisible at times. I hated the fact that the league made that huge, like, penalty on us with being stuck with this, what I consider the Mateau and – uh, John Quinville picks absolutely. Um, I really, I really wish that if Kovalchuk would have had to have stayed, he should have taken a shorter contract and taken more term. Uh, and and really, yeah. it was it's mostly on Jeff Vanderbeek's part for pushing Lou Lamorello because I know he was a big Kovalchuk guy, and I loved Kovalchuk before. And to me, having an owner getting too high on a certain player is, is just 
you know, a cocktail for disaster when you don't know what you're doing. No, but at the same time, like the trade offer that got Kovalchuk was was great because Bergforce was a good prospect. He, he didn't obviously pan out. Oduya was the main piece in that meet or that uh, deal. Patrice Cormier didn't pan out, but he was a highly regarded prospect for the Devils. Like the Devils had a good prospect system, sort of at the time. So, and you know that first round pick helped them, you know, with their Dustin Bufflin trade, whatever. So it worked out for both teams at the time. Okay, the Devils got what they wanted. They had a they had a run to the finals. They had they had a window there for three to five years. They thought they could hit. And, you know, they, they took a shot at it. And I'll give them 100% credit for it. I remember – I actually, I remember exactly when it was. It was February 2nd or February 3rd because he made the debut on the 4th against the Leafs because they had that comeback with – With Zajac. 10 seconds left where they won 4-3. And Pando yeah. scored. So, yes. So, I was sitting in my room – uh, we were living in Coburg at the time, on uh, Burwash Street. Um, you know, my dad and I had a nice, uh, memorable watching that 2012 playoff run. I remember I tackled him off the chair when Henrique scored against the Rangers. But you know, that's a that's a discussion yeah. for a different day. But anyway, Kovalchuk. I was in my room, and I just happened to turn on TSN. Like the on the, my computer, TSN NHL. I clicked the link and it said, all it said at the top was, sources say Kovalchuk traded to Devils. And I remember I was talking with Connor, and we were we were all like, no, he's going to Philadelphia, he's going to go to Montreal, he's going to go to Philly, he's going to go to Boston, he's going to go somewhere like that. And I was like, yo, dude, Devils got Kovalchuk, and I I remember as soon as I seen it, I was like. Dad, come here. Hurry up. He comes around. He's like, what? I'm like, fucking devil's got Ilya Kovalchuk. I ran out into the living room. I'm fist pumping. I'm jumping up and down. My mom's going, what's he doing? My dad's like, let him be. Devil's just got argument of the best goal scorers in the entire NHL. Let him be. I celebrate. And I remember I was so excited for him and, you know, like, he was a good, he was a good soccer for three years, man. He was a hell of a guy to watch. And I don't think in my many years of being a Devils fan have I ever been on my edge of the seat that much since those runs to the final, that run to the finals in 03 and that 2012 run. But, you know, they went through the crap. They signed into a 17-year, $102 million contract. They got rejected. They had to go to an arbitrator. He ruled with the devil's favor, 15 years, 100 million. Kovalchuk comes out. Yeah, I'm going to play the full year of this contract. And I kept saying, yeah, he will. But in deep down, I was like, nah, he's not. And a guy I went to school with, funny thing is, he was a decent Ducks fan. Okay? Very odd, but yeah, he's a Ducks fan. And he said to me, after three years of that contract, three to four years of that contract, Ilya Kovalchuk will be playing. <laughs> and I looked, and I looked at him, and I said, "You're nuts. There's no way." I said, "Why would he sign that contract?" Sure enough, 
I came home from work and I got the update and my cousin texted me. He's like, Kovalchuk, question mark. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I went, I had a, sh- I went I had a shower actually. I got off of work, I got home, I had a shower. And I go, I'm in my room, laying on my bed, scrolling Twitter, <laughs> whatever, look at my phone. And I seen Tom Galetti tweets, Ilya Kovalchuk has retired from the NHL. This must be a joke. I'm thinking, this can't be right. Somebody hacked someone's account. And then when it was official, I was like, I literally, Joe, I'm not kidding you. I, I got up to eat supper. I stared at the wall and the roof that entire night. I didn't turn the TV on. I didn't do anything. I stared right at the wall and right at the roof in disbelief, in shock, in frustration, thinking how can a guy sign for that amount of money at that term and decide, you know what, I'm just going to get up one day, going to talk it over with my family. I'm thinking, nah, you know what, they're still going to pay me (laughs) $250,000 in my bank account if I decide I'm going to go play halfway across the continent in Russia but let's get up I'm gonna get up today I'm just gonna describe to fucking screw over my team and here he is and I threw my Kovalchuk jersey in the garbage I paid $250 oh. for that jersey the, oh it was my the God. retro one too had the A on it everything and it would sit in my closet and I think I wore it once <laughs> And I threw, it, I threw it in a bag of clothes down by the garbage here where I am now because the garbage was full. And funny, funny story is, is the one guy that I didn't want to pick the jersey up, picked a bag of clothes up, took it, and now he wears it. And I see him wearing it once in a while around the apartment <laughs> building. And it's just like, really? Like, way to stab a wound even worse seven, eight years later. But all I can think about now is like, you know what? I think if I met that guy, I might shake his, I'd shake his hand because that's the common courtesy to do as a man and as an adult. I mean, that's, I'm, but I would probably, I would probably shake his hand and be like, you are a literal fucking piece of shit. How, who walks away from an organization like that? You don't just quit on your fucking team. Yeah. I just, I can't believe like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you just go ahead. You talk. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go do. Okay, for a so, sec, but you go ahead. You do your rant. You, you swear. Okay, so like a long time ahead. ago, people. I mean, I was living on three four three Richmond Ave, South Orange, New Jersey, at the time when the Kovalchuk trade went down. I was on American Online Instant Message. Yes, AIM was still a thing, and I remember one of my friends, Alex Goldstein who is a good friend of mine from high school, big Devils fan, messaged me, said, we got that big Russian scorer. And I said, Ovechkin? And he goes, no, Joe. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. You mean the guy from Atlanta? And he's like, yep, that's him. I said, holy shnikes. And I couldn't believe we got him. And then when I saw him in his playoff runs and his regular season games before that big time, 
I was like, this guy's a money in the bank every time. Surely he is money in the bank, getting two hundred fifty grand now that with like recapture penalty. But when Jake reiterated on the contract situation, <clears throat> I was at work um, in two thousand, I think twelve or thirteen, and it's summer here down the Jersey coast, and I remember my coworker usually jokes with me. He goes. Hey Joe, Kovalchuk uh, retired and uh, went went to play with a team in Russia. I said, "Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's funny." And he goes, "No, Joe. I, I can tell you." And I said, "Who's the source?" And he go he says on Twitter it is Tom Galidia. I was like, "What?" And I'm like, "How in the fucking way can this guy do that? This absolutely blows and this stinks." And I just couldn't believe that he went to, I think it's SKA uh, in the KHL with, uh, what was it? I, I just know it was a KHL team in Moscow. It was just one of the several teams with the blue, white, and red Ranger-looking jersey that they have that Yaroslav Askara plays for. But um, anyways, I'm starting to show my age. But it really stinks, like. Kovalchuk just really like when he broke out of that contract to me when you sign a contract you should honor it whether you're the guy who made the contract or the guy who signed it and if you sign that contract like Ilya Kovalchuk did you should honor those 15 years but really they should have restructured the contract in my in my opinion that's what should have happened I mean the arbitrator shouldn't have allowed them to do 17 or 15 years. That's absolutely crazy, which is why we only have eight to seven year contracts tops. So I'm glad that the league did something right. I don't. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't even agree with the seven or eight years. I honestly, I honestly think a long-term contract should be three to five years. I've drawn it four to five years after that. That's it. No eight-year contracts. It's just stupid. It's stupid. Not unless you're a first-round pick. Not, not unless you're a first-round yeah. pick. Yeah. You are only worth eight years if you're absolutely good. That's why I'd rather sign Jack Hughes to an eight-year contract. So you know you're keeping him, and player has to honor it. But that's a different thing. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Like Joe, is there even anything else we really want to discuss? Like, we don't. I think it's up to you. We can post this episode. I, if you I want, will put but... it on this. I am most frustrated with what Lou Lamorella did with Marty Berdur. That contract. I mean, let let me ask you something. Remember all those off seasons that you messaged me, Ryder Bruner. <laughs> you're gonna have some grievances with that, aren't you? Gonna f- flick a few f bombs here and there. I mean, those were shitty contracts. Oh, they were fucking horrible. Like, okay, Zach Breeze and Ilya Kovalchuk leave. All right, well, we got to replace some scoring. All right, Tomaru too. He's a scorer. Stuck. Michael Ryder, he's a scorer. I'd rather have Andre Lachtianov back. Ryan Clover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a dandy that goal. Drag, that was sexy, but no. 
Trading him for twelve yeah. Rutu? Why would you trade him for an old but, guy? Anyway. And Ryan Klo. Junk. Yeah, the, the only one that turned out half decent was a forty-one year old Yager. Yeah. As much as I like Yager, every one of those contracts were complete garbage. Which is why I love the way Fitzgerald does does business nowadays. Even the Mike Camilleri contract was awful, but at the same time, at least Camilleri scored. I mean, he did cash in. One thing, <laughs> he was he was good. He had twenty seven goals and sixty something points. I think his one year here, or whatever it was, forty or fifty points. But I, once his kid got really really sick, I think he lost a lot of interest. I think in the game, and he just he was never the same player after that. But but yeah. It, you know, Cammy was good for Cammy was good for the year or two that he was here, but other than that, it wasn't that really that great. But we're you know, obviously we're in better hands now moving forward, but is there anything I, really you want to add, Joel? Like I know I, we're, we're saying we're gonna I, rant, but like I, it doesn't really it's hard to even rant about something now that I realize it, after we started recording. It's more it's more, it's more like devilish grievances, I'm gonna have to call it. But you know what I really yeah. hate is the fact that the NHL did a phase two of the draft lottery, and they should have given the first overall pick to freaking Winnipeg. Winnipeg is so much better suited for that pick, and they deserve an Alexi Lafreniere. And I will tell you this, the Devils will still be getting a wicked awesome pick at number seven. I mean, why, why in the freaking hell would you give – a 24-team playoff format to a couple other teams that only only have population to prove for eyeballs. And I'm just wondering, are you going to screw over a team like the Devils and the Sabres that could have easily been in the same conversation without the marketing part? I mean, you could have had extra eyeballs with more teams, you know, from like New Jersey and Buffalo and Buffalo being the true New York team, and New Jersey being the true New Jersey team. The yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess, but you know, Joe, this is a this is stuff I think we can discuss. Um, I am available tomorrow night? tomorrow night, and I don't know if it's a, another interesting okay. RHIJ episode. Yeah, let's do another uh, Raising Hell in Jersey podcast episode tomorrow. We can talk more about the draft and the Askaroff situation and Dan McKinnon's comments today, et cetera, there. It'll kind of give us a longer uh, a longer podcast and whatnot. This was kind of just sort of a rant. Devilish grievances. Leading into the next – yeah, leading into, like, the next three weeks because it's a big next three weeks, obviously, with the draft and free agency coming up, so – I guess, you know, without further ado, I mean, sorry, guys. It was a kind of a little small rant episode about Kovalchuk, a little bit of swearing. We didn't get in really as much as we thought we were going to, but, you know, we started a little later than we thought we were going to, too. So, but, um, Joe, I appreciate you coming on <laughs> and joining for the 35-minute episode rant. But tomorrow night, guys, for sure, bigger, bigger, longer episode coming your way with Devil's News and Devil's Hockey Talk uh, for the Raising Hell in Jersey boys, Jake and Joe. So, you know, like we like to say on this podcast. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.